Welcome back. I'm so grateful you decided to click play on the Jasmine Star Show today. Now I have to tell you, this episode is very special because my guest, Anthony O'Neill, is a number one national bestselling author, speaker, financial expert, and host of a very popular YouTube series and podcast, the table. But I have to tell you, this is extra special because we got to record this episode in person and that just never happens. Okay. So I was on a business trip to Nashville, Tennessee, and Anthony and I were able to get together at Castle Recording Studio and sit face to face for a really incredible conversation about getting clear for your future, what you want as a vision and how you can win in life. And of course, win with your money. I'm very excited for you to hear this episode. So I'm going to stop with the introductions, play the interview, and then let Anthony drop the mic. Y'all cannot even prepare your hearts. I have had the opportunity to meet Mr. Anthony O'Neill by way of an introduction of our good friend, Amy Porterfield. And she said, you know, you really got to get to know Anthony. Oh, man. And then I met Anthony and I was like, you know what, Amy? You undersold him. You uh, undersold him. Like I didn't think it was possible because he hit the bar real high. And just like a few minutes of us talking, yeah. laughing, making jokes. And yeah. part of the reason why I think that you're gonna be such a powerful person to be on this podcast is because you're talking about money, yeah. but more so you're talking about wealth yeah. and generational wealth oh. and talking about what it means to be working into generational wealth mm. as a black man, mm-hmm. working into wealth as a brown woman. Yes. And empowering everybody inside and out what it means to take their money and leverage it in new ways. So Anthony, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you. And thank you for saying as a black man, I feel so good about that. Oh, you I, should. I love that. You should. If that does not send a shiver down what? your spine. Okay. Oh. Oh. Let's go. I'm liking this podcast already. <laughs> we can do the wait, intro wait, one wait, more wait. time. No, tell me why. What, what What do we just step on? No, I mean, I just love, you know, you know, I just love representing for the black people, for the, for the community, for the mm. culture. You know, mm. I really do. And being accepted in all places. Right. And I feel accepted. Good. Thank you. Good. Dang. Well, yes, yes, you are. Okay. So I'm going to, I like to to creep and I like, okay. and I have to tell you, I'm going to bring up some other stuff later in the podcast because okay, cool. I've been watching your stuff on social and Let's I am it. just fascinated. But I'm going to start with a post you recently wrote on Instagram. Oh, Lord. I refuse to have a broke mindset. Oh. I refuse to have a victim mindset. Mm-hmm. I refuse to have a defeated mindset. I refuse to have a stagnant mindset. Mm-hmm. I am choosing to believe that I can and will break the mm-hmm. generational curse in my family and start with the millionaire mindset, mm-hmm. end quote. Now, that's gonna be the foundation of our conversation today. Okay. Can you talk to me about the generational curse? Like, what do you mean and how does it pertain to that limited mindset? You know, when, when I think of like, the past. I wrote that post because I look at everything that happened um, years and years that I was not alive, but that was passed down to me. Mm. You know, the mindset that came like, hey, you know, um, you know, 400 years of some wrongdoings. I'm like, yeah, but that didn't happen to me. You know, so how can I accept it, um, understand it, but change it for my kids' kids? You mm. know, um, I grew up and my family will often say, we're broke. We don't have no money. Mm. Um, But that was normal. That was their way of saying, hey, we're living paycheck to paycheck. And I'm like, I don't want that to pass down to my kids. And so for me, when I think of generational wealth, generational curses, it's what came from my great, great, great grandparents that I I never had the opportunity to meet them. While I love them and honor them, there there are some things that I just do not want. I don't want to pass down to my kids. I don't want the broke mindset of saying, oh, I can't afford that. I can't afford to buy the car that I want. I can't afford to live the life that I want. I can't afford to do the things that I desire. 
because of the mindset that I have. And so I want to flip that mindset that, no, I am wealthy. Uh, no, I will pass down wealth to my kids. You know, uh, years of slavery that my ancestors had to deal with, I will not have that. And I will not pass down slavery in the form of debt to my kids. So I want to change mm-hmm. the lifestyle, change the mindset that I have for my children's children, and not just for my children's children, but even for like my family and for everyone. Mm, so... I'm going to repeat back what I think I heard because okay. I want to honor what you're saying because okay. the broke mindset mm-hmm. is I can't afford it. We yeah. don't have money living right. paycheck to paycheck. Right. And then what you had said was like this money mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think you had said a millionaire mindset. Absolutely. And the millionaire mindset is I have money. Mm-hmm. I will not be a slave to debt. Right, right. Okay, but what what happened in between the two? <laughs> so what happened in the in between the two when you say in between the two what do you mean like somebody's listening and be like you know what wow i've been exposed i feel seen right, right. i do suffer from the i can't afford it mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they hear you say i i can't afford it i right, won't right. be in debt like what what happened you know one of my mentors dave ramsey right he says you just made the choice and you just snap and make the choice so when you have a millionaire mindset it doesn't mean that you are a millionaire it's you know i'm walking and i'm believing that that's the route that i'm going so i'm speaking what i I seek until I see what I spoke. That's what my mentors taught me, uh, Mignon Francois. So for me, the millionaire mindset doesn't mean I have a, a million dollars in my pocket, but I do have the mindset of a millionaire. Mm. I'm listening to people like your podcast who are making seven figures. How is she thinking? What is she doing? Let me think like that so I can start getting myself to that journey. You know, I believe I have a billionaire mindset. I'm gonna be honest with you. Oh, okay, wait, wait. Talk to me the difference between a millionaire mindset and a billionaire mindset. I believe billionaires are very, very smart. I think millionaires are hard workers. Oh, don't say that. Yes, because billionaires have learned, in my opinion, from the billionaires that have been around, they work hard mentally. Millionaires have, I think they do 50 50. They work hard mentally right. and hard physically. I feel like you're preaching me. I feel seen. I feel exposed. <laughs> Stop with the x-ray. I'm actually getting very upset. I'm serious. It's like, it's like seven figure people. We're always thinking of what are we going to do? What are we going to do? True. How are we going to do it? Billionaires are thinking, okay, how do I get my money now to make me more millions? And they sit down and they just think, they read, they write, they process mm. all day. Then they cast a vision out to their mm. team. And then their team go do all the hard work while they're the billionaires. And so, um, and again, I'm not a billionaire. So I don't want to act like I have that expertise. But from being around the billionaires and the millionaires, um, I've been able to see there's, I'm gonna work hard too so I can make seven figures. But to get to that billionaire mark, it's not hard work. It's more smart work. How do you be smart in what you're doing? So now I'm doing that with myself. Okay, Anthony, instead of for, you know, working hard, how do you delegate some stuff to create opportunities for you to be more of a thinker, more of a thought leader, and how do you cast vision? Can you give us an example? Like, like okay. I said, Ooh, I asked. So well, I asked. I was just like, I want to give Anthony a cup of tea so that you could spill it <laughs> because we are. I want us to get like super granular. I got you. Okay, I got you. Give me an example. So, for an example, for me is like I just told you. Uh, for an example, I am doing a email list, right? Yes. I don't have one. Okay. okay for the oh, I love it. Right okay, now, this is juicy. This you know, is I juicy. Don't, I don't have one. So what I did was, okay, instead of me going out there doing all of the work, I said, you know, let me go hire someone to do all the work that is smart in that area. Yes. So I hire someone to do that. Yes. I work on the content. Yes. Then I give her the content. She makes it happen. Mm. More than likely, most people who are starting off like me, we're going to do everything. Mm-hmm. We are the photographer. We are mm-hmm. the video person. We are, you know, mm-hmm. the sound person. We're yes. the email person. But- and we, we, we try to keep the money. Well, for me, I'm like, no. 
okay, if I was a billionaire, what would I be doing? This is the vision. Hey, Jasmine, can you do this? Mm. Can I pay you to do this? Then what that does, it creates space for me, for me to now put more effort into what really pulls in people, Amen. which is the content. Now for the person who's listening and says, mm-hmm. like, okay, I want to do that, but I don't even have money right now okay. to pay somebody to create my funnel. Okay. Is this for the point where you say, okay, if you had the broke mindset, you're not going to jump to a billionaire. You're saying right now, a millionaire is finding, how can I afford it? Absolutely. Okay. A millionaire I like that distinction. Of, I like that distinction. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how can I do it? What is the best way to do do it what's within my means mm. and so you do the very best within what with what's in your means how do you live below your means for one i teach that on money so if your company is you making, do teach i want to put i want to put a pin there you do uh-oh. teach that and it's i have to tell you like it's, it's such what? it's a it's a rough point is it i think uh, and here's Ooh, the thing so it's, it's a rough good. i know i know <laughs> i'm like what am i doing i'm like Let's this is me go. i just had a cup of coffee and i'm like where is this like Hold my truth on, serum some <laughs> okay i okay i believe it and i know to be true okay and i practice it okay so okay. there's that there's that all right Whew. i just have a, it's just for a girl from the hood okay who like the church plate was passed for your family yeah, yeah. Like we got groceries on the porch. Absolutely. We got Christmas gifts. Right. We shop, I mean, when, when it was Easter, you shop in a thrift store. Like, Absolutely. That's what, that's what that's what life was. And so I kind of get to a point in my life to mm. where I just want to be reckless. Mm. I just want to be like. But that like, comes from your life experiences though. Well, it's like, it's like, you know, the next question. Right. Because, okay, actually let's go there. <laughs> okay, okay. So how can one tell the way that they were raised affects how we look at money. Like, are there telltale well, you signs? Just, you, yeah. you literally just said it. So my life growing up wasn't to like your extreme, right? But I grew up with four loving parents and four loving parents who are in the church and we lived paycheck to paycheck. Mm. So my mom and stepfather in California had two other siblings and growing up, we had my elderly grandmother living with us. Okay. We're living in a 1200 square foot home, three bedrooms with six people. So me, my sister, and my brother had to sleep in the same room. Grandmother had one room. Parents had one room. We ate spaghetti and 99 cent hamburger helper at least twice a week. Yes. Right? Yes. We had Pizza Hut, only one large, $9.99 <laughs> on Fridays. And then back then we could watch one hour of TV a week. So we would save that for Fridays for TGI That's Fridays. That's right. Because if, like, if you did not shout out Urkel right now, I was going to be so offended. I was like, no, come on. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we saved Pizza and TG and, and, and an hour of our TV time for that experience, right? But going to school, I remember having to put duct tape on the bottom of my shoes mm. because we couldn't afford shoes. So I would have holes in the bottom of my shoes. Socks would be coming out. Water would get into the shoes when it was raining. So I understand where you're coming from. So when we fast forward today, what do I spend money on? Mm. Food. Because we grew up to where we didn't have access Oof. to all kind of different foods. French toast. Um, we always had bread. We always had water. We always had milk in, in the refrigerator. That's French toast. You know what I'm saying? Put a little bit of cinnamon on there. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What about That's the egg? Good. What, you put the egg inside of the milk. Okay. You put the cinnamon well, you didn't on top mention, of that. You didn't, no, you didn't mention the egg because you said, we got water, yeah. we got milk and cinnamon. I was like, whoa, yeah, 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 you got yeah. you got egg, a next yeah, step. Yeah, you, got, you, you got, <laughs> <laughs> you got you milky know, bread. <laughs> it's, it's, so now it's like, okay, cool, great. So now I like French toast, but I don't do it that way. I use vanilla creamer. Because okay. my life experience, like, well, that was a cheap way of doing it. Find out the AO way of doing it. Mm. I think our life experiences growing up have taught us things that are good and also have taught us things that we just yes. don't want to do. Yeah. My mom and dad never had a wedding. 
my mom didn't get her ring until she was about maybe um, four or five years into their marriage. Uh, she never went on a honeymoon until my siblings and I sent them on a honeymoon four years ago. They mm. just purchased their home for the very first time in their 50s, five years ago. Uh, my sister was the first one to have a home. I was the second one to have a home. And so watching them and going through my life experiences growing up, you know, I made some bad decisions growing. I was homeless for six months of my life. And when I got out of that season, Jasmine, I was like, yo, I don't want that. I don't want what my parents had. Mm. And I don't want to go through that experience again. So I'm like you. Rachel Cruz came out with a book talking about your money personalities and stuff yes. like that. I am the spender. Okay. So I'm going to spend a lot of money on my car. I'm going to spend a lot of money on my house. I'm going to spend a lot of money on my food. Because growing up, we didn't have a nice car. Mm. We didn't have a nice house. And we didn't eat all that well. Mm. And so I spend my money there. But also, I got to train myself and educate myself. Hey, just because you have the money to do the nice things, wait. Still mm. pay cash for it. So I just bought my dream car maybe about four or five months ago. I mean, it, it's a shame this is just audio because we could do a car commercial. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm a car girl. I drive the same car. Are you serious? Yes! Yes! But here's the thing. Here's the difference Come between on. you and I. What? I like that you said, I'm the spender. I'm not. You're not? Zero. But my husband, wow. oh, he loves. I like your husband. He likes that stuff, right? Yes. And so then I'm able just to blame him. I was just oh, like, I know. Abdication of financial responsibilities. No. I'm just like, okay, okay, but it's for you, you know. So your husband is the saver? You're the spender? No, no. Oh, so you're the saver. I, I'm your a miser. The, like uh, I, as a child, I would bring out like, it's this thing called Domingo, which is Sunday in yeah, Spanish, yeah, but yeah. then you would get an allowance. Well, my parents never gave us allowance. So we had an uncle <sighs> that would give us a dollar. I would go home and I would iron my dollar and I would hide it in um, a Band-Aid container. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I feel like I took those tendencies to me. There is no mm. good reason why I want to save every last penny. Mm. But I feel like it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like yeah. I'm saving for a rainy day. Well, when you save for the thing that you don't want, you end up getting the thing that you don't want. Right. So I feel like I'm talking to you. I feel like I'm looking at you and I'm like, you're saying things that are possible. You can afford it. You have to wait until you can pay cash for it. Absolutely. Amen. Everyone, okay. everyone can get, I truly do believe what they want. You just have to put a plan into place, stick to the plan, and just be patient for that plan to come flourish. Okay, well, we know that that just didn't come to you. So you said, hey, I was homeless for six months. Right. What happened there? Oh, man, I got kicked out of school. and Kicked um, out of like what, how college. Okay. So I was 18 years old, kicked out. Why? Um, are, are we going to spill that here or just say? Oh, man, it was it was embarrassing. Why? Okay. Very mm -hmm. embarrassing. I just made a bad decision. Put okay. it like that. Great. Trying to impress people. And um, and when I got kicked out, my parents in California were very disappointed in me. And so my father said, since you think and you want to act like a grown man, go be one. Ooh. You can't come home. Okay. You know, because the only grown man in this house is the one paying the bills in this house. And so me and my father got into a huge argument. My mom thought I was going to go move in with my girlfriend. Um, and I wasn't. I was actually sleeping in the back of my car. And because of that, I had racked up $35,000 in debt before then. And then also, um, I lost my job. So I didn't have a job. And then I lost my apartment. So then now I have that money I need mm -hmm. to pay back. And so for those six months, you know, Jasmine, to keep it real, I, I contemplated suicide. Mm -hmm. I questioned my relationship with God. Um, I even questioned all of my friends because all of my friends who I got in trouble for trying to impress them, mm. I spent all this money on not one of them offered me a place to live. Not one of them offered me a place to lay my head temporarily. They didn't even offer me a place to shower or get something to eat. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And so I really woke up around that season saying, you know what? I've learned so much. I watched my parents struggle. I remember my mom and dad telling me, no, you can't even get a $5 a notebook for school because we, we didn't have mm-hmm. the $5. I remember I would get in trouble if I said this like 20 years ago. So thank God I'm a grown man now. <laughs> but when my parents bought our first car, it was a van. Well, the van only had two seats, the front two seats. We didn't have seats in the back. So me and my siblings had to sit on the metal piece of the car because think of like one of those delivery vans. It, it was one of those. And we're putting our whole family in there. And I said, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't want that for myself or for my kids. And so I literally got on the plan, got out of debt, took Dave's Financial Peace University course, got out of debt, started So you're 18, savings. but like I like to get the details. You're okay. 18, mm-hmm. you have like this wake up call. Yep, yep. And then you say, I take a financial planning course. No, 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 no. I, I didn't get that course until like I was like 20, 21. Um, I went back home and my dad gave me a Dave Ramsey budget form. He said, you, you need to get a job too at that. And you need to get out of debt. You need to honestly sit down. And this is the thing that I love about my parents. They apologize for not teaching me financial literacy growing up. Everything, the only conversation we had about money Mm. was tithe. If you get $100, give 10% to the Lord. That's it. The other 90%, hey, just just do well with it. You know, make it do what it do. Um, You know, and then their thing was get a job. Get the good 401k benefits. That's right. Keep your, your credit score at a good score. Um, retire well and live off of your social security and your 401k mm-hmm. benefits. They never, they never talked about wealth. They never talked about starting a business. I saw them back in those days uh, balancing the checkbook, mm-hmm. but they never taught us how to budget mm-hmm. because they, they weren't taught. Right. And so I got out of the car, went back home, apologized to my parents. And my parents were like, yo, come back home. So I got on the budget form and I had three jobs working for a collection agency, eight to five. And then I would go and wash cars up until about 6.30 sundown. And then I would get up at two o'clock in the morning and I'll go deliver newspapers. And I did that so I can get out of debt, so I can get my own apartment because everyone was declining me at the time when I wanted to get my own place. How long did it take for you to get out of debt? Uh, It took me a while because I took, I did two years and then I transferred over to Florida um, and then I got back into debt, bought a crazy BMW car, trying to impress ladies again. And so I would definitely say it took me about a good eight years to get out of debt. Um, because I went, I'll get out, go right back in, get out, go right back in. And then a, a local pastor in Florida said, Hey, you need to take financial peace university. And then that's when my oh. true journey started, uh, to really start pursuing the route of living the debt free life that I teach today. Mm, that is so juicy. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So yeah, I like um, her. She gets into details, y'all. I like. I okay, like <laughs> it's just that I love these conversations because I feel like you're teaching me. Oh man! And by way, and I always like to be. I think that you're a vessel. Oh. So you sit here and then you speak the truth that somebody yeah. needs to hear because okay. I do think that maybe while somebody's not on their last bottom dollar sleeping in the back of their car, I do yeah. know that they ha- may not have had parents to right. speak about wealth, yeah. to speak about what it looks like, and I actually think it was like so. If I, I think that when I'm maybe 70 or 80, I'll look back and I'll think mm-hmm. that I was courageous mm-hmm. for having conversations around wealth. Mm-hmm. We just never spoke up. We just never had the capacity to think mm-hmm. that you can have more than what you had in your paycheck. Mm-hmm. So when I hear you saying, like, I had a dream and I looked at what I could do that's beyond the capacity of what our parents had done, I'm just like, well, if Anthony's doing it, I'm in good company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, can we talk about some healthy spending habits? Healthy spending yes. habits. Yes. So 
Ooh. What are some daily habits that now let's now let's niche down a little bit. Let's talk Ooh. about business owners. Okay, okay. Let's so do it. what are some daily habits business owners can start implementing today to ensure that they're not living above their mean? Now you know that struggle, right? So it's Absolutely. like you're getting a little bit of money in, but you gotta spend money to make Ooh, money. Yeah. Like what what's what's healthy? Where where do we go from here? Or do you believe when you're building your business, you only pay for what you can in cash before you start building? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. I do believe everything should be paid in cash for business owners. I don't. I don't believe we need to be racking up debt, especially when you're building. Mm. Okay. So for me, one of the very first things that I did when I started my business is I said, "All right, cool." Before I even started hiring other teammates, um, I really made sure that I had a fully funded emergency fund. So, so if something did happen, That's right. at least I had some money to maintain my business. That's right. That was number one. Then number two, I sat down with a CPA and I said, "Hey." How should I be paying myself? Like, what should I be doing for me? Um, and so I would definitely say that. That's a practical living below your means. Sit down with a CPA that can sit down and say, hey, do this. And then three, I find, you may not like this, but I'm gonna say it on your show anyways. Mm-hmm. I found some help from out of the country. Oh, I don't have an opinion about that. Oh, you don't? No. I like this. I'm no, scared, no, y'all. I don't. I'm I scared. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> your husband's looking at me like, and because i mean i was like all right cool i have to be wise i gotta be a good steward of my money so okay cool i have i have some team members here that i know i can call on but there are certain things that can be handled over the phone virtually so what's the best way of doing that and so one of my business partners said yo you need to look into this virtual stuff yes and i was like for real and he said, look at it like this. Not only are you doing that, but you're also, look at it as a ministry you're giving them money across the seas and you're helping them live and I was like, I like, I like. And so that's something that I, I would say um, to do as well. That's good. Okay, so what Anthony is saying without really saying it is he went to a part of the world yes. where people are paid significantly less yes. to do the same work that people here stateside would be on average to do the type of work that a VA abroad would do would be somewhere between 15 and $20. Absolutely. And so I feel like that the happy medium for me was to ensure that um, it is a living wage. Yes. So we do use two amazing, beautiful, brilliant minds in the Philippines. Oh. And I know that we have been quoted $5 an hour, but I ask them, what, what do you do need? You, yep. What is fair? And yep. just to pay them extraordinarily well. Yeah. So even if I'm paying more than right. what you could probably, it's less than what is here stateside. Absolutely. And we tried hiring stateside and people didn't want to do this particular task. Yes. So I feel I, good. Thank you. But here's the thing. I don't feel like I, one, nope, you don't need a permission slip and I don't need a permission slip. We're going to find something that's going to work for us and our business. As long as we walk in integrity, I don't feel like I bless them. I feel like you have a working wage, you're providing for your family and you're so happy. And I think to myself, great, this is it. So I'm, I'm, I'm all good with that. Okay. So don't talk to me. Wait, then I didn't definitely got to say this too. We see the money, but just because we see the money doesn't mean we need to spend it. You know what I'm saying? So like, mm. let's say if you get a $50,000 gig in and you see that all 50000 of that uh, doesn't mean we need to spend it. You know, And that's one thing I really had to teach myself. Mm. Like, hey, just because you see all this new money coming in, it's going to be wise with it. Mm. You know, um, sit down and make sure that you have, make sure you're budgeting on paper and then make sure that you're buying the things that your company needs and have a list of your needs, have a list of your wants, have a list of your desires. Make sure your needs are taken care of, your staff, the requirements to maintain your business. And then what are your wants? Do you want the new camera? Do you want this new project for that? Um, and then go to your 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 big goals, your, your desires. I love that. And as you were saying, and I just want to point out, is 
I didn't know that you and I had built the, our businesses the same way. I didn't start my businesses anything without paying in cash. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jasmine, you need to get on my show. No, I mean, but the, and the important thing was, wasn't because I was like really strategic or I adhered to that philosophy. It's yeah. just like, I didn't believe that the business was actually going to work. So I'm like, I don't, I mean, it's no. like a crapshoot. So why am I going to yeah. take out a loan? Wow. So I started my very first business, professional photographer. Okay. I uh, had the body of a camera and then I rented CF cards, lenses, bags. What? I rented everything. everything. So I only rented when I got booked for a gig. So I had cash in hand to cover the rentals, return the rentals the following day. And that's legitimately how I built the business. But even still now, like, and then I have a tech company mm. and we are not going, we're entirely bootstrapped. <sighs> we're not, no bank loans. No bank loans. We are loans. not getting investors, at least not right now. And it's just like, we're growing so much slower than I would ever want. But I'm like, but this you own it. A hundred percent. And it's all yours and your husband's. Amen. What? That's how we do. Grow slow. That's yes. But and I mean, you'll know the you'll know the right time to Absolutely. Win, to Absolutely. Scale it up. Absolutely. It'll be super clear. Absolutely. Like it, it, it will dem- it, you won't even know because it was be like, hey, this is what we have to do now. Amen. So I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. Okay, good. Okay. This so, is so good. Yeah, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy. Okay. <laughs> so how can somebody right now? Mm-hmm. who is a business owner yeah, yeah. and they see this money coming in, where do they start to educate themselves like around wealth? Not just like I have money, but where do we, the wealth talk? Personal wealth or business wealth? Ooh. Because I think there's two different things and I think both of them are important. You mm. need business wealth because I look at it, I want business wealth so I can employ other families and, and help them become wealthy. Mm. But then personal wealth, that's a whole nother subject going for me specifically in my family that of course my business is coming. So which, which one do you I want think, to talk about? I think listeners are going to be like, personal. Oh yeah, let's go there. Um, I think personal wealth is all about margin. You know? What do you mean? When I say margin, let's say for example, you're paying yourself, let's just say you're a small business and you're paying yourself $50,000 a year, right? Okay, cool. It's going to stretch you, but how do you live off of 40,000? How do you do that? Wealth is built by margin. Wealth is not not built by living paycheck to paycheck. Um, I sat down with a school teacher the other day that makes $38,000 on my show. Do you know how much she is worth? 1.4 1.4 million and she mm-hmm. makes $38,000 a year. Well, what she's been doing over the last 30 years is investing in the right places. And those investments totaled up to be her net worth of mm. one point something million dollars. And I think for us, we look at wealth as how much money do we have in our bank account today? To me, that's rich. Wealth is long lasting. Rich is, okay, this is how much money I have right now. I'm rich I have $50 worth of richness, whatever that is. But wealth is, okay, can you last two years without ever working? And so Mm -hmm. for me, if you really want to build true wealth, you got to sit down and have a plan for your money and you have to create margin between your income and what your living expenses are. That's the first process when Mm -hmm. it comes to the practical side. Now, there's another part of, of the wealth building that I think is very important, Jasmine. It has nothing to do with money, but it impacts the money. Is what is your vision? Where are you going in life for your family? What is, what is your why? Mm. If your why doesn't make you cry, then the price of commitment to get to where you want to go will make you cry. Mm. And so if you're starting a business and you're saying, you know what? I want to be able to build my kids. Like for an example, my desires when I find my wife. Yes, ladies. He is single and ready to oh, mingle. Oh, yeah. I, I am single. Yes. I am ready to mingle. Yes. And uh, you just got to make sure. Well, no, I won't well, we say know, that we need, we need a God-fearing woman. We <laughs> need somebody who yeah, yeah. is she ambitious. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 so yeah. just in case you actually do get a hookup, can I go to the wedding? Because oh, you yeah, know absolutely. your wedding's going to be. I mean, you, do you still have your photographer business? I mean, you, no. you can. Dang. Oh, <laughs> you put it 
<laughs>。ไม่ใช่ไม่ใช่ไม่ใช่ไม่ใช่ไม่ใช่ไม่ใช่ไม่ใช่ไม่ใช่ไม่ใช่ไม่ใช่ไม่ใช่ไม่ใ
You know what I'm saying? But he's still the man of the home. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and I like that. I want to be the man of my home. So I want to make sure that I can provide for my home, not just financially, but cover my wife spiritually, cover her emotionally, cover her uh, physically. And I think that every man needs to do that. So if a man can't take you out on a date and he can't <laughs> pay for the bill, then you know what? Maybe you should have let him lead and let him take you where he could afford to take you. Because mm-hmm. I'm never going to go into a place to where I can't afford to do it myself. Mm. I'm like, baby, let's just go over here if I can't afford it. Um, unless I'm dating someone who is upscale and she got it. She's like, oh, bad, I want to go there. Cool, great. Okay. You know, but I do believe that the man should, it, he should be dating within his means. He should be able to provide for the dinner, mm-hmm. for the drinks, whatever you all do. But there's nothing wrong because I know we, got, we have those boss chicks out there and they don't mind doing that. That's cool. But in my circle, I teach guys, yo, date within your means. Mm. And it takes a lot of confidence, though, because if like, a brother's trying to impress and he's just like, yo, it's like blooming onion at Chili's, baby. Yeah, and like, but- girl's like, you 30. Like, we're going to Chili's. I mean, listen, what's wrong with Chili's? Nothing, nothing. But I think that the conversation is like having a man feel th- like this is where I am. And it's like, that's an entirely different conversation. Yeah, that's a whole different conversation. I know, because I know. I- if my daughter, if I had a daughter and she told me he was insecure about his budget going to Chili's, so we went to Red Lobster to impress me, I would say that's a man that you don't want. Because if a man is not man enough to say, babe, this is what I can I do. I love, I mean, you and, and I are on the same why, page about that. But I, I, I do have to say, like, you know, like them, them cheddar biscuits it's, at Red Lobster. It's like, maybe you go in dead a week. I mean, I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, okay, okay. But there was one it. more. There was one more. There was one more. Right, there was what's one more. That? You had said, ladies, mm-hmm. would you date a man who made less than you? What was the consensus in your feed? Because I was kind of scrolling, but there was yeah. a ton of comments. And then why do you think that's the, that, why do you think that's the sentiment? Well, I think it's a sentiment because ladies today are saying they're having a hard time finding a man who can provide, right? And so a recent study came out that ladies, queens, our our, uh, minority queens are actually the fastest growing entrepreneur in the world. But then also, they are also the fastest growing um, student loan debt person in the world Mm -hmm. as well. And so they're while they're having these entrepreneurship skills and they're launching these businesses, they're making money, but they're also drowning in student loan debt. Mm. So they're saying like, hey, I'm making $100,000 a year, you know, and I, it's hard for me to find another brother who's making $100,000 a year. Well, that's true. 10% of the world, 11% of the world will only make $100,000 a year. When you look at minority cultures, minority going down, I know you like to, the, the go into details, 41% make less than $38,000 a year. So my mm. question was like, look, Queens, you may be passing up a good man who makes $40,000 today, but that was me. As a youth pastor, I made $38,000 a year. Well, my income is very well today. Mm-hmm. But I, I remember so many ladies passing up on me because of my income, not because of my character and my integrity. And so I wanted to pose a question and ask our Queens, hey, what's more important, his integrity or his income? Most ladies, which I think a lot of them were capping, but they said they could date someone who makes less money than them. I I personally do not believe that. Well, I do to a certain degree. Like if you're <sighs> making a hundred thousand, you're probably not going to date a guy who's making thirty eight. But if you're making a hundred thousand, you date a guy who's who's making seventy. Seventy, I could see that. Yeah. Because a hundred thousand after taxes is seventy. Right. But you and know what's seventy, what's, exactly. what's, right, what's right, 70 right. after taxes? Right. So I, I see that, but I'm like. I think every woman wants a man that makes the same or more. 
Um, one lady, she she blew up on my post. She said, no, I cannot date someone younger. Reason being is well, because- Younger? I mean, not oh, yeah. someone who makes <laughs> yes, less, less yes. money. And she said this, because I got to look up to him. She was, she, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Whoa. Whoa. So if, if your man makes less money than you, you look down on him? She was like, yeah, because now I'm the breadwinner of the home. You can't come home and tell me what we're doing with our money, what ooh, house we're buying, ooh, where ooh. we're going to eat because I'm paying for it. And she was like, I don't want to look at my husband that way. And I was like, okay, take money away. That just means you never respected him from the very beginning. That's right. That's because right. my mom is the breadwinner. Right. And I just found this out a few years ago. After 36 years of marriage, my dad has never made more money than my mom. But growing up, we thought my dad was the breadwinner mm. because my mom respected my dad as her husband and as the man of this house and as the priest of this house. And when I helped them do their taxes and stuff, I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> mom, you make this much money? Dad, you? And my mom was trying to cover my father. I was like, cover for what? She's like, because he's still the head of this home. I'm like, mom. That's love. That is that is dope. So when yes. I hear ladies say I can't respect a man who makes less than me, then it means that you have a deeper issue. Oh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I was like, okay, if you're listening, ladies, if you're listening, send me and Anthony a DM. I was going to say, but I'm not gonna say that no more because you already made your statement. You do not want to get, like, I just don't think that there's gonna be a woman. Actually, ladies, you can just DM me. (laughs) 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 You know, like, we already know where Anthony, I'm very interested. I'm very interested in this topic, but I'm very interested specifically Mm -hmm. around what women actually think around money building and wealth. Oh, man, this this is a subject we could talk about. I know, I I know, I know. Because then, then, then I know we got to move on in the podcast. But then here's my thing. Just because he makes $40,000, ask him, what is his passion? If he says, you know, I want to serve kids. And that's a school teacher's average salary in America, right. $42,000 a year. Right. But he could be a school teacher for 30 years and have three, $2 million, $3 million in his retirement fund. That's right. But then you're looking at that's a guy who's right. making $200,000, but right. he's living paycheck to paycheck and has no wealth right. for the future. Right. So it's like, we got to really step back and look at, you know, Ooh. what is it? What do we really want? And if he's passionate about serving the community, he's not going to make a lot of money, but he can build wealth. And I think that's the thing that I really want to start teaching is let's look at our mindset. Let's look at our character. Let's look at our integrity. Let's look at the work. That's ethic. an Instagram live right there. Have you gone on Instagram live and just said that? Cause I feel like it's not, it's not, it's just, it's real talk and people can like, it's a much bigger thing. It's a core issue. Oh yeah. It's a core issue. Absolutely. Okay. So do you believe, cause you're talking about investing, Ooh, right? Yes. And you're talking about somebody like the, like the, the school teacher. Mm-hmm. What, if you're in debt, do you think you should be investing? No. Okay. No, no, no. And here's why. Because if you're in debt, you're only going to invest maybe about 2 3%. Or if you're really aggressive, like everyone says, take advantage of your 401k if they got a match. If they're giving you 6%, put in 6%. So there are some people who have debt and they're putting in 6%. Well, let's say that 6% is $500 a month. Well, you could take that $500 a month and put that towards eliminating your debt and then go back and catch up by paying 15% into investments. So my philosophy Uh, is, why are you worried about your future when your present is not taken care of yet? mm. Why are you building the roof when your floor is not taken care of yet? Build Mm. the foundation and then build on the foundation. This way, you don't have to go build the roof and and when you get the side rails, it falls in. Yep. Okay, so... That was real good. That was real good. So last thing. Okay. 
What's one thing you wish all small business owners knew about managing their money before going into business? A lot of people are in that, like, you know, it's like that one to three year. If you're looking at business owners and you see like patterns, like this is what you do, this is the people you talk to. Like, what do you think, what do you wish they knew? Man, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong on this one. This is something that I, being in a personal finance space, right? Mm -hmm. I'm always educating people on the personal finance side of things. And one of the most common things that I found with entrepreneurs within that first one to three years, they wrote off everything. They were off everything on their taxes. And then when they go to finance a home, they can't get a home. They can't get what they want to get because they show that their company made money, but then also lost just as much. And I wish that most small business owners knew like, hey, sit down with a a CPA, figure out what is the correct way to build your business right off correctly, but then set yourself up to build the home for you and your family down the road. And that was the first thing that I did when I stepped out on my own is I hired a CPA and said, hey, here's my next Mm. two to five year goals. How do I do this properly? How do I make this money? How do I properly write things off to where the IRS is not questioning me on things? And then also, hey, I want to build a house. Mm. So how do I set myself up to properly pay myself to where I can in two years on tax returns and bank statements show that to be good. So So that's one thing I really wish that everyone would do correctly. Yes, hiring a CPA and and they call it uh, tax planning. So your CPA is going to sit down with you and say, hey, listen, the next 12 to 18 months, here's what you need to be doing. Here's mm-hmm. what you pay yourself. Here's what you're going to write off. Here's what you will do. Prime example, one of my good friends, won't say his name, um, has a great business, makes a lot of money, right? So there's his IRS law called uh, 179, where 179 is if you get a, a car that's over 6,000 pounds, you can write it off. Oh, yes. So he went and purchased the car, well, an, an SUV. I won't say the particular name, G-Wagon. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say it's a Tesla, the G-Wagon. <laughs> Knows. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so he went and got that. And then two years later, got audited. Well, when he got audited, and he shares this on his own podcast, mm-hmm. so I can say this. Um, when he got audited, well, they looked at it. They said, well, this seems like your the car was this, but you made this. So technically, the car was what his company made legally. Uh... And you just can't do that. And so for me, I just want to encourage all new business owners is to just really sit down with a professional that can give you all the That's right so guidance um, and walk you through this whole journey. So that way, hey, you can get the G-Wagon. You know, you mm-hmm. can, and there's another car that I order. You can write this stuff off. I want you to to get to where you want to go, but just do it right. Do it mm-hmm. slowly and you'll get there. Slow growth is good growth. Oh, I like that. Slow growth Well, if you liked growth. it because you said it earlier in the podcast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just dropping gems. I have to it. say though, I'm going to keep it real because uh-huh. I want. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Uh-oh. I did what you said not to do. What'd you do? My first three years of business, I wrote everything off. Yo, did you have? But see, you well, were you were you and your husband working on uh, at the together? time? No, at the time, no. Okay, at the time, cool. at the time, no. So was it hard? Time. Did you try and buy a house or anything? Um, no, we didn't buy a house for seven years into our. What about renting? Did you have a hard time finding? No, because no. they went off a bank statement. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So so that, the main thing for me is just home ownership. I'm very big on ownership. Mm. Um, I believe we're so good at creating, but we're not good at actually owning. Mm. And so I believe ownership is a huge part of wealth building. So I just, I don't want you to go out there and make all this money. Yep. 
And it's, it's yours. Good, no, it's good advice. But then now you can't go buy it's good home. Advice. It's good advice. You, know, you, you, don't, you don't have the money. So, Anthony O'Neill, you talked about ownership, and I just want to thank you for owning your power. Oh, thank you. Like, I just feel so lucky that oh, we had the opportunity to meet. We had an opportunity to record this in person. Yeah. I feel like you are a blessing. How can people now? Here's the thing I follow you on Instagram. Your yeah. YouTube channel is just like, ladies and gentlemen, if you liked what Anthony is saying, uh, like, you have to, like, he spits like this multiple times a week. Where can people find you? Man, the main thing is go to Anthony O'Neill. And they'll see my my YouTube show, my podcast, my Instagram, um, and join my email list. I'm trying to get like you yes. and get my email list. Well, up let's shout out the email list. I mean, well, just got to go to AnthonyNeal.com <laughs> and sign up for the email list because I'm doing a lot of fun things there. And I have a lot of great things coming out next year. And I'm really focused on like that millennial, and I have a heart for all people, don't get it twisted, but really that millennial minority space. I really want to go back into, you know, that community and really bring back the information that I wish I had Mm -hmm. in that community. And so I'm just, I'm being intentional about it. And that's my heart's desire. Thank you. AnthonyO'Neal.com. Yes. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Anthony as much as I enjoyed getting to know and learn from him. There is nothing I love more than getting to have conversations with amazing business owners like him. And of course, sharing those insights with you. And yes, I did spill the tea about my personal life, belief and insights. So don't judge me. Share in this conversation. Uh, Okay, so speaking of having conversations, would you like to win an exclusive group coaching session with me and then hear it? right here on the Jasmine Star Show. If you want the opportunity for you and I to have conversations, then you have to enter my podcast review contest where 10 lucky winners who leave a review for this podcast, the Jasmine Star Show on iTunes. You can enter at jasminestar.com forward slash review contest and you can win a group coaching session with me. So submissions for the review contest close at midnight Pacific on October 31st, 2021. So leave your review, screenshot it, and then head to jasminestar.com forward slash review contest to enter today. Until next time, I look forward to chatting with you soon. Two backseat drivers. All right, here we go. We're diving in. We're diving in in three, two, one. Speaking of having conversations, would you like to win an exclusive group coaching session with me? And then you can hear that session right here on the Jasmine Star Show. If this sounds like something you want to do, then you have to enter my podcast review contest where 10 lucky winners who leave a review for the Jasmine Star Show on iTunes then can enter it at jasminestar.com forward slash review contest, then you can win a group coaching session with me. Submissions for the review contest. What are you saying? It's the then. It's, you have then, then, then. I think it's- I know, I must have written- I think it's just written- This is the exact thing. I had to read it differently. If so, you have to enter my review contest where 10 lucky winners who leave a review for the Jasmine Star Show on iTunes and enter at jasminestar.com forward slash, that's how I have to read it or that's where the mess up was? No, you said uh, it was then do this and then, then do that, right? So you have to enter, you have to leave a review for the Jasmine Star Show and enter at, so I guess, I don't know. Well, because it's, you leave a review for the Jasmine Star Show on iTunes. Oh, on iTunes. And enter. Enter the contest, basically, and enter the contest. Is it to enter the contest? (sighs) You have to, it's and enter, but like no one's paying this much attention on their walking the dog. (laughs) 
Okay, so I'm gonna do this one more time. Here we go. But that actually, that when you started this last one, it sounded for for some reason it sounded like it was if you were ending the question like a question where it was supposed to end. Sentences were ending where they were supposed to end. So what are you telling me? That that was great. The second. Okay, time. there we go. Okay, here we go. Three, <laughs> two, one. Speaking of having conversations, would you like to win an exclusive group coaching session with me, and then hear it right here on the Jasmine Star Show? If so, you have to enter my podcast review contest or 10 lucky winners who leave a review for the Jasmine Star Show on iTunes and then enter the contest at jasminestar.com forward slash review contest. Then you can win a group coaching with me. Submissions for the review contest. You guys are throwing me off. I don't even care. We're running with it. Submissions for the review contest close at midnight Pacific on October 31st, 2021. So leave your review, screenshot it, and head to jasminestar.com forward slash review contest to enter today. Until next time, I look forward to chatting with you soon. Perfect. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to need the whole thing uh, one more time, please. No, we might have heard Eric. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, he's oh, oh. <laughs> Whoa. I think you needed to do a double take anyway. You needed to do just for that last yeah. sentence on that part anyway. Remember? Well, you guys, I record my.